0: Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. So Luke 14, 7 to 11. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, and then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted.
1: Thank you, Marion, for reading to us. Um, When I was about 15 years old, I made the decision to live properly for Jesus. Um, I'd asked Jesus into my heart when I was younger on a Christian camp, But it was aged about 15, I made the decision to really properly go for it. I reached a crossroads, and I was either going to take this Jesus, this Christianity thing seriously or not. And by the grace of God, I decided to go for it. And God began to do some things in my life. God began to change me. And one of those is I discovered a a, a love of reading the Bible, which was a bit of a shock to me. To read a book was a bit of a surprise. And um, the first thing that God taught me through reading the Bible was be humble. Peter, you need to be humble. Now, I'm not really sure what that says about me, but the first lesson God wanted to teach me was the need for me to be humble. Like, I, I used to be a church youth worker. I could think of all the wonderful things I wanted God to say to the people in, my, in that youth group. Jesus loves you, you're so precious, God has a plan for you. But me, the lesson God had for me was, you need to be humble. Um, And as I've been preparing this sermon, I can look back over the last 27 years of of being a quality Christian, really going for it, and uh, this lesson of needing to be humble has come up again and again and again. And so this sermon is 27 years in the making. Um, I can say that I have not mastered the art of being humble. This is one of those sermons where if you think I'm preaching from a place of having got this all sorted out, you're wrong. And as ever, if you think I have got it sorted out, please talk to my wife or my children. They will very happily let you know that I am not the perfect finished article. Um, Humility is taught lots and lots and lots through the Bible. Um, And so this kind of sermon is kind of a bit of a personal sort of quest of things I've learned about trying to be humble. Um, We are in the middle of a series on uh, on Luke's gospel. Um, I think this is like week five or week six we're in now. And the passage we've just heard Marion read to us is actually kind of simple. Um, Jesus observes people coming to a meal and they put themselves in the best positions, the places of honour. And Jesus says, don't do that, do something differently. Now I want you to think for a second, have you been in that situation where someone with you or someone on the train or maybe you have sat in someone else's seat? And you've been evicted. You've been politely asked to move. And it's kind of a little bit awkward. Um, imagine if Jeff came into church this morning, went up to Luke and says, Ollie, get out. That's not your seat. I mean, It would be awkward for them and awkward for the rest of us. Imagine you're at a wedding. And there's the top table. There's the bride. There's the groom. There's the parents that are there. And then someone randomly else is sat at the top table. And then the best man comes in and the chief bridesmaid come in. And they're like, where are we going to sit? And there's this awkward moment where someone is sat in the wrong place. It's kind of awkward. And Jesus says something that's kind of simple to understand. He says, don't take for yourself the best places. Because if you do, and that's not your place, that's going to be embarrassing. Instead, take the lower places, and if it so happens that you're meant to be in a higher place, you'll be moved up. That's the whole passage, okay? I did try to find deep, sophisticated things to say about that passage. There's not a whole lot. Um, There are a few things in the commentaries about the significance of meals, about sort of honour-shame culture and, and embarrassment, but effectively, I think for any culture, anybody... Being in the wrong place and being asked to move is just kind of a bit awkward and a bit embarrassing. Jesus has this habit of saying catchy things that are a bit of a reversal. He says the first shall be last, the last shall be first. And he says, if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. But if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. And that leads me to ask this question, what does it mean to be humble? As a teenager, this challenge to me, what does it mean to be humble? It's not something we talk about a huge amount. Um, And so I'm going to kind of share some some possible ways of of, of being humble that I've learned. As a teenager, I, I didn't really understand this word humility, didn't really get what it meant. So I started looking in the Bible, and one of the first verses that I came across with an answer was this one. It said, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble, Okay. This verse is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. Um, and just in case you miss it, it's also quoted twice, not once, but twice in the New Testament. In James chapter 4, verse 6, and in 1 Peter 5, verse 5. And I learned quite quickly that if you want to be humble, then you've got to challenge places in your life where there is an unhealthy pride. A great quote on this, uh, the great Christian leader John Stott, Said, them, said about this, about humility and pride being significant. John Stott said, at every stage of our Christian development and in every sphere of our Christian discipleship, pride is the greatest enemy and humility is our greatest friend. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, if you want to live, and I did as a teenager, I was like, I, I want this. I'm going to go for this. Pride is our greatest enemy and humility is is our greatest friend. Perhaps this is part of why God wanted me to be humble in order to serve. Now, I said that I didn't really get humility for a long time, what what this means. So I want to share a a helpful definition uh, by CJ Mahaney from his book on humility. Um, He says that humility is honestly assessing ourselves in the light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. Humility is about the way we understand ourselves in relation to God and in relation to others. There's an honesty to it. Um, humility impacts our identity. It impacts our relationships. So how do we be humble? I've already said I'm not particularly good at being humble, um, but I'm going to go for it and give you some suggestions. Um, I've kind of divided this up into four main categories. Truth be told, there's actually like about 12 points. But um, don't tell Jeff it's a 12-point sermon, otherwise he'll rugby tackle me off the stage. So um, so some of these are a bit quick fire. Um, four ways to be humble. And again, Jeff, I need to apologize to you. I haven't bothered to make these into an acronym or make them all start with the same letter. So I hope I'm allowed to preach again after my failure as a preacher to make this catchy. Um, Four ways to be humble. Admit your dependence upon God. Ask God to change you. Serve and survey the wondrous cross. So my first, my first thing on this is um, admit your dependence on God by giving your cares to God. Um, most of us, definitely me, we like to be self-sufficient. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants us to be people who are capable of looking after ourselves. God wants us to take responsibility. But ultimately, we are not capable of doing it all on our own. And self-sufficiency can lead to pride. We need God's help. Um, This picture is a little bit bit silly, but sometimes the elephant in the room is the elephant that you're carrying. And my, my pride says... I want to deal with my problems on my own. And actually, God's way is is this. Um, When we give our burdens to God, we humbly admit that we can't do it on our own. Um, In the first letter of Peter, we are given the following advice. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. So another one of my favorite Bible verses, give all your anxiety to God because he cares for you. And sometimes the thing that stops me from giving the elephant in the room, the thing that is stressing me to God, is my, I just want to solve this in my own strength. I just want to deal with it my way. Let's humble ourselves and say we need God's help. A second area of um, admitting your dependence upon God is for your salvation. If you are a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus, you have been saved by God's grace. Um, there's a song that we sing quite often in our church, which sings about, we sing about God's love, and we sing, I don't deserve it, I couldn't earn it. Okay? Um, the Great preacher Charles Spurgeon put it this way. He said, "I am quite certain that if God had not chosen me, I should never have chosen Him." If we think we're good enough, if we think that we're capable of our, of our own salvation, actually no. Um, Romans chapter five, eight, five chapter five, verse eight says, "While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We are dependent upon God for our salvation." Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This not from ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Our salvation depends upon God. And that is a humbling thing. Okay, my second area, I want to challenge people here. If you want to give your life to Jesus and live full on for Jesus... This is one of the most dangerous, radical, life-shaping prayers that you can pray, okay? Um, It's based on Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. The psalmist says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. To summarise that prayer, Dear God, change me. Dear God, examine me and change me. If you pray that prayer, be warned, okay? Be warned, your life is going to change. It's a radical thing if you pray that and you mean it. And it's challenging because God will change parts of you. Invite the Holy Spirit in and that is an amazing experience. It's a great way to keep yourself humble. Show me my faults, God. It's a challenging one and God will do that in a loving way, I think. But it's an incredible challenge to you. A um, couple more points related to God changing you. Um, first one: if you want to be humble, acknowledge that God is the boss. Um, a great way to challenge pride is to acknowledge that God is the boss. My pride in my heart says, "I know best. I want to have my own way. Okay, I do what I like." Now, don't get me wrong. There are people in this room who are called to be leaders called to be managers, called to be decision-makers. But let us never forget who the real boss is. Um, Another one on this um, is, I put here, ask for honest feedback. This sermon's going to become quite a list of short, sharp, practical ways, by the way. Um, Ask for honest feedback. Um, In my job, I get an appraisal every year. And I'm sure many of you get an appraisal or some kind of feedback thing. And in my head, I kind of know that it's good to get feedback. But there's still that moment where it's like, what's this person going to say about me? Do I, want, do I want my boss to give, to give me those comments? Um, I, work, I work in teaching and education. I have to read feedback on my teaching from students. I get peer observed. Um, I've been challenged recently to do 360 degree feedback, ask everyone at my workplace for opinions about me. It's it's, it's a challenging thing, but actually the Bible is full of advice about correction and asking for feedback. This verse from Proverbs, um, whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Um, If we ask people, people who care for us, who love us, to give us the right feedback in the right spirit, it can help us to be more self-aware, it can keep our pride in check. Most of us can't see our faults. Our pride blinds us to our faults, and we need loving people, and we need to listen. If you want to be humble, listening to other people is an amazing thing to do. Next one, and none of these are easy, by the way, and I'm going to rattle through them a little bit. Um, Another way to be humble is to apologize. Say that you're sorry. My pride does not want to admit that I have done something wrong or that I've hurt someone. So saying to someone, I'm sorry for what I did, is a way to be humble. Um, and actually, this verse from Isaiah 66, God looks upon those with favor who have contrite spirit, who apologize, who are, who are humble. Um, it's a great reward, but it still doesn't make it easier to apologize when we need to. My next one on this is uh, forgiveness. Um, a quote here, that I, I really like this quote from C.S. Lewis. Everyone says that forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Um, now, forgiveness is a really tricky subject. It's a painful subject, and pain is real, and, and I know that there are people that are, that are seriously hurt, and that's a whole other talk, but I'm going to say one thing on this my pride likes to hold things against people my pride does not want to let go my pride wants you know my pride will not let things go and actually if i'm gonna forgive if i'm gonna let go that takes humility doesn't make it easy but by god's grace we can um by god's grace we can forgive and perhaps when we do we can see grace in others um Another Peter Cooper sermon, and Peter Cooper once again mentions encouragement, because it's my favourite subject for any sermon ever. Um, when you encourage other people, then that is the opposite of inflating your own ego. So encouraging people is a great way to stay humble. My um, final one in this, in this section is simply to be thankful. Um, the preacher, speaker, Michael Ramsey, says that uh, thankfulness is a soil in which pride does not easily grow. When we thank God, we give the credit where the credit is due, rather than puffing ourselves up thinking that was all me. We thank God. Um, C.J. Mahaney, in his book on, on humility, says that when we take the credit for God's work, we are committing cosmic plagiarism. We are, you know, instead we need to have, and this is my preacher's cheese for the day. We need to have the attitude of gratitude, and that helps us to be be thankful and give credit where credit is due. I realise I've rattled through a few things there, and some of them are challenging. Um, None of these things are easy, but by God's grace, we can do some of these things. Jesus said, if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. But if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. My third area... um, I talked about when I was younger trying to understand what humility was. And at first I got it completely wrong. I thought that, you know, one of the ways to be humble was pretend to be rubbish at everything and then you can't boast about it. Okay? Pretend you're rubbish, do yourself down. Actually, that's not what humility is about. Um, God has given us gifts. God has given us talents. God wants us to use those gifts. God want, we are called to honour God with everything that we have. We're called to, to practice, to hone our skills, to develop our skills. Jesus says, don't hide your gifts. Don't hide your light. No, use your gifts, but use your gifts to serve. When you use your gifts, there are some dangers. The first one is we use our gifts to serve. Okay? If you are a teacher, use your gifts to teach and serve people. If you are an entrepreneur, Use your gifts, do something amazing for God. If you are stay-at-home parents, serve as if you are serving God. But at the end of the day, having used your gifts, give the glory to God, is the challenge that's there. There was a story that was told about Matt Redman, the worship leader. When he was a teenager still, he got to lead worship at an event called Champion of the World at Wembley Stadium. He was on stage, 55,000 people in Wembley Stadium leading worship. Apparently the day before this happened, he was caught by a member of his family in his bedroom with his clothes, jumping up and down on them. They're like, what on earth are you doing? He didn't want to be caught doing this. And he said, I'm just making sure that there's nothing of me on that stage because I want to point to Jesus. I don't want this to be about me. That temptation on the stage to have that, it's all about me, look at me, aren't I amazing? Actually, no, I point to Jesus as his attitude. Um, When it comes to serving as well, there are a couple of quick thoughts for this one. Um, Serving involves doing boring things sometimes. Sometimes it involves doing our skills, but there's a place for humble service. You talk to any amazing Christian leader you know and ask them about the times they do boring things they don't really want to do because they're serving. I'm sure they'll tell you. Um, Another thing on serving... um, as Christians, we are called to share what we believe. Um, in Joshua is told, go, do not be afraid, for I am with you. This is picked up in Matthew in the Great Commission. We are called to go and share our faith. Um, and we can share it with confidence. There's a theologian called David Bosch who talks about this. He says, as Christians, we can have humble boldness or bold humility. What does he mean by that? The idea is that actually, as Christians, we don't always understand, but we can still share our faith. He says, we know only in part, but we do know. We believe that the faith we profess is both true and just and should be proclaimed, but we don't do this as judges or lawyers, but as witnesses, not as soldiers, but as envoys of peace, not as high-pressure salespersons, but as ambassadors of the servant Lord. We can have confidence to take our faith to people in an appropriate way. And of course, this is metaphorical. If you are a judge and you're sharing your faith with a friend who's a judge, then you might want to use a legal example. But um, we can share our faith with people with confidence. So I've suggested here three main ways to be humble, and lots and lots of bits in here. There's there's a lot in the sermon. Please take a leaflet as well, take a printout. we can be humble, we need to admit our dependence upon God and ask God to change us and serve people. There's one more thing, and this is the most important of all it's the example of Jesus. If you want to be humble, spend time before the cross. It says in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. At the centre of us, at the centre of our our faith, of our relationship with Jesus, is that the, the King of Heaven became a person, entered our messed up world, and was executed for us. The hymn writer Isaac Watts wrote these words. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss." and pour contempt on all my pride. Now you may know Jesus, you may be a Christian, you may have had a relationship with Jesus for a long time. We still need to come back to the cross. And you may be someone who has never made a decision for Jesus, who hasn't had that experience. Again, I encourage you to come, come to the cross where Jesus died for you. Amen.